it is recording <clears throat> so it's locked in but we're going to be turning to the book of Acts <clears throat> Acts chapter 1 we're going to look at the 12 disciples <clears throat> and we're going to see uh, some differences obviously uh, between them and ourselves but we're also going to see some similarities. So we're going to look at the 12 disciples. Uh, this is part one. We're going to only look at the first uh, three. I say the first three. Uh, Christ inner three, as it's sometimes been called. It's Peter, James, and John. We're going to look at those three. But uh, think of the 12 apostles uh, collectively now. Uh, in the book of Revelation, the foundation uh of the New Jerusalem, it actually has the names of the 12 apostles on the 12 different foundations of New Jerusalem. And so that's exciting. Uh, we'll, we'll be looking at, uh, at uh, Matthew 19 later, but stay in uh, Acts chapter 1 if you've got your Bible. But uh, one day, the 12 apostles, they will be ruling and reigning uh, in the regeneration with Jesus Christ. So our Lord Jesus Christ, he attached a great amount of significance to these men. So we are going to consider what the Word of God tells us about them. And uh, before I would do, I wanted to actually talk about the number 12. That is significant because when you see uh, uh, Judas Iscariot... Uh, commit suicide and hang himself in Acts chapter 1 they are uh, compelled to replace him and they do and does anyone know who they replaced him with this is a kind of a candy bar bonus question who did they replace Judas Iscariot with it's very important to have this number 12 and uh, it's very significant for the kingdom of heaven, this uh, physical kingdom on earth. Because in, uh, re- in Acts chapter 12, when James is killed, they do not replace him. They do not restore that number 12. But they do when Judas Iscariot uh, commits suicide. <coughs> so does anyone know who, who they replaced him with? Brian Parrott got it right. Brian, I owe you a candy bar. His name was Matthias. And uh, so that's not a name you usually maybe associate with the 12 apostles, but he was. He he became the 12th apostle. It was between Justice and Matthias, and the lot fell on Matthias. So let's look in Acts chapter 1, and I need to get there myself. So, Acts chapter 1 and verse 21, and this will be down a little bit later about um, about some of the qualifications of, a, of an apostle. Uh, and here it says in Acts one twenty one it says, Therefore of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, under the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So when they went to choose someone who was going to replace Judas Iscariot, they said he has to have been with them from the baptism of Jesus because... uh, this would be maybe too hard of a bonus question, but the reason Jesus was baptized was to manifest who he was to Israel. That's what John chapter 1 says. And so um, so whoever this apostle would be to replace Judas, he had to be there uh, from the baptism and had to have witnessed the resurrection. And uh, Matthias was evidently one. But So I wanted to give you a little bit of what I feel like as I as I kind of meditate on these disciples who became apostles, um, I, I try to picture the crowd the day Jesus was baptized, and some of John the Baptist, uh, some of his uh, preaching there in the wilderness around the 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 River Jordan. Um, the disciples. Uh, they were looking for the Messiah. 
And when John the Baptist showed up and he said, uh, he's the forerunner, if you want to be prepared to meet the Messiah, you need to get baptized. And they, some of them brought uh, forth fruits that were worthy of repentance. And so I believe that these 12 and, and many other disciples, they were baptized of John. They believed in Jesus. And whenever Jesus was baptized and the Spirit of God came down on Jesus in the form of a dove, and God says, this is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased, hear ye him. Whenever uh, that happened, they immediately uh, knew who Jesus was. He was the Messiah, and that is very important to being a disciple. We have to believe who Jesus was. And uh, we're going to see here in just a minute, if you want to look at Luke chapter 6, be turning to Luke chapter 6, and I'll get my notes out here. I think it's verse 13. So Luke Luke chapter 6 verses 12 and 13. So be turning there. And uh so Luke six twelve says, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in, in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named disciples. So... Uh, after Jesus had been baptized and he began his earthly ministry, early on he stayed up all night and he prayed. And he's like, God, you know, give me the men that you would have to follow me and that I can teach them and train them. They can follow me. They can hear the word of God. They can see the miracles and they can believe and, and uh, do likewise. In fact, he said they would do uh, greater things. And so he, of them he chose 12. And uh, let, let me just mention this number 12 to you before we go further. <clears throat> so my, my heart is that uh, these 12 had been baptized. They had seen that Jesus was the Messiah. He was manifest to Israel who he was. And uh, so when he called all of his disciples, we don't know how many there were, he chose 12 out of the group to be his 12 disciples and 12 apostles. And uh, that, that number 12 is significant. And um, I don't know what you've really read about numerology or numbers in the Bible, but uh, it's the number 12 is significant. Sometimes they use the number 3 or the number 7 or the number 12 to uh, uh, connotate uh, some number of completion or perfection. And, and so the number 12 is one of those uh, big three numbers. And, and But almost always it is connected with the nation of Israel. And if you remember uh, Jim's teaching that uh, Abraham was the first Jew and he was given the promised land and he was told to offer his son Isaac. Uh, <clears throat> but Abraham was called out of Ur of the Chaldees, which is Babylon, and he did it in Genesis chapter 12. So the first Jew shows up in Genesis chapter 12, the number 12. And Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob. And if you remember, Jacob had 12 sons. And God changed Jacob's name to... What did he change it to, class? <clears throat> I'm going to take... up. Oh, my wife got... She beat you to the buzzer. She's got an advantage. She uh, doesn't have the delay. So God uh, changed uh, Jacob's name to Israel. And Israel had 12 sons, and he had uh, one daughter, at least one daughter named Dinah. But he had 12 boys. And these 12 boys, uh, they were literally the children of Israel, uh, the children of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. So these are the children of Israel. And those 12 children became the 12 tribes. And so the number 12 is almost always associated with the nation of Israel. 
Daniel, <clears throat> the book of Daniel, uh, very Jewish book, uh, has 12 chapters. There's 12 stones in the breast plate of Aaron the high priest uh, when Joseph had his dream he dreamed of 12 stars uh, uh, New Jerusalem has 12 gates there's 12 foundations of New Jerusalem the tree of life has 12 manners of fruit uh, when Israel camped in Elam there were 12 wells of water there uh, Jesus uh, could have asked the Father for 12 legions of angels when he was on the cross. Uh, but he, he refused to do that. To uh, he, he gave his own life. And uh, Jesus once said that, uh, Know ye not there are 12 hours in a day? So we think of uh, a day having 24 hours, but the Jews had 12 hours in a day, and then they had four watches in the night. And uh, and then Jesus had, of course, twelve apostles. <clears throat> and some some people think that the twenty four elders in uh, the Book of Revelation uh, represent the the twelve tribes of Israel and the twelve apostles. Uh, twelve plus twelve is twenty four, and there are twenty four elders in the Book of uh, I think it's Revelation chapter four, maybe chapter five. Um, e- even outside of the Bible, there are uh, twelve months in a year. Duh, we we all know that. <laughs> there are twelve signs <clears throat> in the zodiac, and uh, usually the zodiac is associated with astrology. But uh, <clears throat> uh, Deuteronomy four uh, verse nineteen makes mention that uh, that the heavens are going to be divided to the nation. So I do think that there is uh, something significant. Uh, that we can learn from astronomy, not not astrology, but astronomy just simply means the law of the stars, and so uh, the even the heavens are divided up into twelve uh, sections. Uh, our human body has twelve sets of ribs. Uh, that's something I learned. There are usually twelve years of public school, uh, first grade through uh, senior. And uh, anyway, there's there's many other twelve. So I just wanted to give you a little study on uh, numbers there, as there, as we look at the twelve apostles, that uh, it's connected with uh, the nation of Israel, and specifically today we're looking at the twelve. They're, they're, the apostles are usually actually called many times the twelve, the twelve. So that's the title of my message today, the twelve. But do you know what the the most important characteristic? Uh, of these twelve are, uh, they they really are not remembered for their great abilities, their great intellect. These were not uh, necessarily rich or affluent people. They didn't have great fortune, or they weren't famous. Uh, you know, they they were they were fishermen. They were uh, tax collectors. They were uh, common people, kind of like you and I. And so, I hopefully I'll pull that out. Uh, Maybe not so much today, but next week for sure. But the key I wanted to uh, tell you about, I left you a blank on your handout. I don't know if you were able to get the handout or print it or look at it. But uh, I gave you a blank there. The first blank was uh, Israel, the number 12 associated with Israel. Uh, I did print that out for my wife, so she's taking notes here and trying to follow Facebook. But... Uh, One of the greatest characteristics that these men had is that they made themselves available. So available is what goes in your blank there. And uh, I think there's a great parallel there with, I mean, I look for that with people in our ministry. Uh, With life issues in particular, I just think, wow, this person is just struggling to survive. You know, they're not really able to free themselves up to uh, serve the Lord with uh, much capacity. And so, um, anyway, just, just think about that. How available are you to serve the Lord? Would you be available to be a missionary if God called you to become a missionary, to, uh, you know, go to another place or start a church or past? Could, could you free yourself up just to be discipled? That, that's what we're talking about here, discipleship. Could you free yourself up to, to take D2? It's one night a week for nine or ten months. 
Jim and uh, Jim and Sherry's daughter Lauren, she is graduating the Bible Institute this month, and I don't know exactly what uh, we'll be able to do for her publicly. But take a minute to congratulate uh, Lauren, uh, I, I want to say Lauren Stovall, but she's married now, Lauren Cohen. Uh, Chris and Lauren are so excited. She, she turned in her, uh, her uh, oh, what's it called, the dissertation. She turned in her dissertation this week. She, she did a study on uh, uh, the church's role in developing uh, single ladies. And uh, I may have said that a little bit wrong, but that's the gist of it. And so I'm looking forward to reading her dissertation myself. But uh, Lauren freed herself up for four years. Uh, she did some of it uh, through video when she was in India. But we're, we're just so excited for Lauren. But how available are you? That's, that's the point here this morning. And uh, could, could you follow the Lord in a greater capacity as He uh, calls you to it? <clears throat> Let me... Um, I've got just a little uh, hypothetical thing I want to read to you now. This is uh, a hypothetical letter. It's from... It is from the Jordan Management Consultant Company in Jerusalem. It's not a real letter. It's a hypothetical letter. And they wrote this letter to Jesus as he's developing leaders in his uh, workshop, his, his uh, woodcrafter's carpenter shop. And so here's, here's their reply to Jesus in letter form, hypothetically. They say, thank you for submitting the resumes of the 12 men you have picked for managerial positions in your new organization. All of them have now taken your battery of tests, and we have not only run the results through our computers, but also arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychologists and vocation aptitude consultants. It is the opinion of our staff that most of your nominees are lacking in background education and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise you are undertaking. They do not have the team concept. We would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capacity. We have summarized the findings of our study below. Simon Peter is emotional. He's unstable and given to fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no quality of leadership. The two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they place their personal interests above the company loyalty. Thomas, he demonstrates a questioning attitude and would tend to undermine morale. We believe it is our duty to tell you that Matthew has been on he's been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, definitely have radical leanings. Additionally, they both registered high scores on the manic depressive scale. However, one of the candidates shows great potential. He, he's a man of ability and resourcefulness. He is a great networker. He has a business mind and strong contacts in influential circles. He is highly motivated, very ambitious, and adept uh, with financial matters. We recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller and chief operating officer. All other guidelines are self-explanatory. We wish you the utmost success in your new business venture. So that was the letter. What if Jesus had chosen the 12 based on modern methods of leadership selection? Most of them would never have had the chance to participate. Jesus chooses people not for who they are, but what they can become in Him. Aren't you glad that when Jesus looked on you, He didn't take you for what you were, a sinner, but He looked at you for what you could become. Jesus sees the potential in all of us, and He's called us to be His disciples. Jesus is still saying, follow me. And so the question is, are you available? You know, Pat Lee and I talked a little bit yesterday 
And uh, we just reflected on some of our early spiritual lives and our growth. And uh, the church we were going to, uh, one of the things I remember most, I just, I just seen uh, God call. I came from a Church of Christ background. Uh, it was somewhat of a works-based religion. And uh, God saved me, and He put me in a good Bible-believing church. I remember a lady specifically that uh, she was from Assembly of God background, but she was so hungry for the Word of God, and she was just, you know, we were just all so hungry for truth. And I know some folks that came out of a Catholic background, and they were just so hungry for truth that we had just been in this uh, wilderness and this desert of... uh, of a religion that we were just we found an oasis at the church we were going to and I think the disciples were like that they they had seen uh, just the hypocrisy of religion I think they were hungry for truth and when the Messiah showed up they knew it and they were drawn to him they got baptized and so uh as I'm talking to you, I look at our own class and uh, Leo and Amita coming from the Hispanic background and they just love our church and God used uh, Sharon uh, Familian or uh, De Leon to, to, reach, to reach them. And uh, we, so we all come from backgrounds and here we are and we're, we're coming out of this uh, uh, quarantine and God wants to draw us all together and to follow the Lord in this journey of discipleship. So uh, we've seen uh, uh, that it wasn't necessarily the the background of these 12 or their money, their influence, but uh, their potential. And so some of their qualifications are that uh, they had to be there from uh, the beginning of Christ's ministry. They had to be witnesses of his resurrection. uh, another qualification, uh, they they uh, were given uh, miraculous uh, signs and healings and they could do miracles. And uh, these were all things that uh, apostles exhibited. And uh, then we even seen that they had to be personally called by Jesus. He prayed all night. And the next day he called his disciples and he chose them by name. Uh, and so they had to be, so this can't uh, happen anymore nowadays. They're, they're not apostles in the sense of the 12. They don't have the apostolic gifts or calling. They weren't there at his, uh, you know, no one's alive today that were at his baptism or his resurrection. And uh, so I know we've said this before, but I gave you another blank that, what the word apostle means and be turning to Matthew chapter 10. Let's look at Matthew 10. I'm going to wake up my computer here. Matthew 10. And just the first few verses, this uh, this is where he names his uh, this is where he called, he, he lists the names of, and I gave you a chart there. I gave you a chart of the four times that all all 12 disciples are mentioned together uh, on your handout, if if you can look at that. But uh, it's in Matthew 10, and verses 1 through 4 says, And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, notice he calls them disciples here, he gave them power against unclean spirits, cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease so he gives uh, these 12 men they were men apostles are men and uh, he gave them this power to cast out demons to do miracles to heal people and he names them now the names of the 12 apostles are these so now he calls them apostles they were disciples he makes them apostles we're going to see why that is the first, Simon, who is called Peter. And it's interesting in this list, uh, uh, Peter is always mentioned first, Simon Peter. His name was Simon, and they surnamed him Peter. We'll, we'll see why in a minute. And uh, so he's always mentioned first, and uh, Judas Iscariot is always mentioned last. 
So uh, the first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, so two sets of brothers, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, uh, James the son of Alphaeus, and Labius, uh, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And then look at verse 5. Here we get our definition of an apostle. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them go, uh, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And so in verse 5, uh, verse 1, he calls them disciples. Verse 2, he says that apostles. And then he says uh, that he sent them forth. And uh, that's what goes in your blank. The word apostle comes from a Latin word meaning sent forth. And uh, who uh, listening knows uh, what word we get from this Latin word that means sent forth. So apostle means sent forth. Uh, what is the name that we get from this Latin word for apostle? I'll give you just a minute uh, to respond. Is it sent from God? Uh, well, apostle means sent forth, but the Latin word, uh, we get another word in English. That you'll be very familiar. We here's your hint. We studied it for the first three months of the year. Ryan Parrott says apostate. No, uh, apostle is uh, different than apostate. Apostate means to fall away. But missionary. Up, oh, Angie's got it. Let's see if anybody else can get it. Jim Stovall says missio. All right, Jim. Hey, Jim. I owe you. Uh, well, I owe you a lot, but I owe you a candy bar. Jim got it. Uh, it's from the Latin word missio, which means we get our word missionary. So uh, our word missionary means sent forth. So even though we don't have apostles in, in the true sense of 12 apostles that uh, are Jewish and they're going to rule and reign with Christ in the, in, uh, over the 12 tribes in the millennium, uh, we get the word uh, missionary, which means sent forth. So we do still send forth missionaries, uh, but they're not apostles. Jim likes Snickers. Okay, uh, Jim. Jim has a uh, what do you call that? A uh, request. A request. <laughs> he wants a Snickers candy bar. We it, it's coming, Jim. So anyway, that that's a little bit about the uh, qualifications of the twelve. Uh, they were disciples who Jesus called and he sent them forth and they become apostles. That's what they mean. Uh, and so. Uh, Matthias replaced Judas Iscariot, and the Apostle Paul was kind of the 13th Apostle, and he was dedicated to the Gentiles uh, after these 12. So we'll talk about him at a, a different time, but today we're just looking at the 12. So be turning to Galatians chapter 2 now. We're going to look at Galatians chapter 2. I got uh, about 30 minutes here. And we're going to look at these three, the three uh, inner circle of Christ, if you will. And here they're all mentioned together. So look at Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, and it's verse 9. Let me see if I missed any. Um, am I getting all the blanks? I think I got 9 or 10 blanks today. The first was Israel. The second was available. The third was sent one. Or sent forth. Or sent forth. Either one, sent forth or sent one. And um, so... Um, that's all on the first page so we're looking at Galatians 2.9 and if you can also get Ephesians 2.20 in your in your other hand so Galatians uh, 2.9 
it says, and when James, Cephas, and John, and we we know Cephas is another name for uh, Simon or Peter. So this is James, Peter, and John, who seem to be pillars. Uh, you, you know what? Let, let me actually back up to verse seven. Let, let's let's get a running start of this. Galatians two seven. It says, uh, but contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of uncircumcision was committed unto me, that that's Paul, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. So the uncircumcision was the Gentiles. Uh, his main thrust of, of being an apostle was to the Gentiles. And Peter's uh, approach to the gospel was primarily to uh, the circumcision. That, that was the Jews. Uh, he's sometimes called the apostle to the Jews. And verse 8 says, For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. So that little parenthesis uh, verse uh, defines uh, these two apostles and the main thrust. There's obviously some overlap. Uh, we know in Acts chapter 10, uh, Peter went to Cornelius, who was an Italian, a Gentile, and so Peter spoke to uh, the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And uh, Paul, uh, he... he uh, he was so burdened for his brethren, the Jews, uh, but his primarily uh, apostleship and uh, message was to the Gentiles. He was called, he, he at some point uh, went to the Gentiles. And then in verse 9, the verse we were getting to, and when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me uh, and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. So the Gentiles are called heathen there. And so uh, anyway, Peter and James and John, they they were, uh, let's talk about Peter for a minute. They were the inner three. They, they were the only ones... Uh, uh, with Christ in certain uh, situations of his ministry and uh, uh, look at Ephesians 2.20 I, I said go to Ephesians 2.20 let's look at uh, what the Bible says there Ephesians 2.20 <clears throat> Uh, verse 19 actually says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So the church, the saints, uh, the church is built on the foundation of uh, the apostles and the prophets. So uh, it behooves us to learn the Old Testament about the prophets and it behooves us to know about the apostles and uh, particularly here, Simon Peter. We said uh, his name uh, is Simon or uh, Cephas. Look at uh, John chapter 1 now. If you would go to John chapter 1, there's something important here I want you to see. John chapter 1. Let's see here. 39 to 42. All right. My computer's acting funky here. Sorry about that. So let's go to John and verse uh, 39. This is right after Christ's uh, baptism. And uh, John 139, He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. 
And I think that that was Andrew. Uh, We'll talk about Andrew next week. But then verse 40 says, One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. 41, he findeth, he first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, Messias, I don't know how to say that, but it, uh, it means Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ. So that's uh, part of Jesus' name was Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ means the anointed one, which means Messiah. That's what Messiah means and Christ means. It means anointed one. And uh, Andrew is telling Simon, Simon, we found the Messiah. Verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. And so uh, your next blank on your handout, uh, the word Simon or Peter or Cephas means stone. Brian Parrott said rock. So. Yeah. So yeah, it means rock or stone. Uh, and, and we'll look uh, in Matthew 18 or no, it's Matthew 16 in just a minute. Where, uh, where Jesus uh, says that he's a rock. So rock or stone is what goes in your blank. And uh, we know that uh, uh, Peter was a native fisherman. He was of the town of Bethsaida. We, we just read that his dad was uh, Jonah or Jonah. Jonah. I'm not sure uh, how that's pronounced. Uh, he ministered primarily to the Jews. We just saw that in Galatians that uh, he was given the the ministry to the circumcision. That that means the Jews, those that were circumcised and uh, following uh, the Old Testament law. And uh, uh, a couple of interesting things that uh, Peter was ne- uh, he was an elder at a church, but uh, James was the head of the church at Jerusalem, the uh, primarily Jewish church in Jerusalem. Uh, James was the leader of that, and uh, not Peter. Uh, uh, some say that uh, Peter was uh, like the first pope, and we're going to look at a couple reasons why that is not true. Uh, first of all, Peter was not the head over... Uh, the church at Jerusalem. He was an old, only an elder in uh, in First Peter chapter five. Uh, we do know that Peter wrote at least two books of our Bible. And uh, who can name the two books of the Bible that Peter wrote? That'll be a uh, man. I, I need to keep track of who I owe. Uh, maybe I'll just leave that on you to ask me for a candy bar. But when we I'm make little bags of candy, bar. yeah, when we come together, we'll. Uh, actually, next Sunday we can probably do that. We'll we'll individually wrap some candy bars. So if you're there at the nine o'clock hour next Sunday morning uh, for main service at nine, uh, we'll try to get some candy bars out. But what were the two books of the Bible that uh, the Apostle Peter wrote? Or six that night, maybe. Uh, I'll list a couple of other things about Peter while you're thinking about uh, the books he wrote. Um, Kevin says first and second. Oh, Kevin chimed in. Kevin was the first on the buzzer. And it, it's kind of obvious. Uh, first and second Peter, the two books of our Bible that have Peter's names. And uh, he was uh, writing to primarily Jewish uh, listeners or readers. Jim Stovall says indirectly book of Mark. Huh. And Jim is saying... I kind of forgot that uh, John Mark is believed to have been uh, one of Peter's disciples. And so uh, indirectly, uh, Peter helped write the book of Mark. So that's that's a good comment, Jim. Thank you. Um, so Catholics believe Peter was the first pope in a succession of popes that continues from the time of Christ unto this day. Uh, yet... Uh, 
Peter would not let anyone bow down to bow down to him. Popes today, you know, have people bow down to him and kiss his ring. And but uh, in the Book of Acts, chapter ten, verses twenty-five and twenty-six say, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, "Stand up! I myself also am a man." So Peter would not let uh, men bow down to him as some of the popes do maybe all the popes Um, unlike catholic priests uh, peter was married peter never took a vow of celibacy in uh, matthew chapter 8 and there's also a place in uh, first corinthians 9 uh, here it says and when jesus was coming to peter's house he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever and so uh, Peter, uh, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. And uh, it says uh, he uh, stayed with them in their house some. So Peter was married, unlike uh, popes and uh, priests of today in the Catholic uh, faith. It's quite possible that Peter never traveled to Rome. Uh, The Bible says he became a pastor or an elder at a church in Babylon. And that's for, that's found in First Peter five uh, verses one and uh, as well as verse thirteen, is where he was. Uh, he, he writes to the church that is in as at Babylon, uh, he, as elected together with you, saluteth you, and so doth Marcus my son. So there's where uh, John Mark Marcus is his son in the faith. And uh, so I wanted to comment on uh, how Peter died. Be, be turning to uh, Matthew chapter 16. I'm, I'm going to do that as well. We got, uh, I think, enough time to finish all this. Matthew chapter uh, 16. But I wanted to uh, share with you uh, how tradition believes that Jesus died. I think I got this from Fox's Book of Martyrs. Uh, Not all the 12 are listed there, but uh, uh, the writer, uh, I think it's John Fox in Fox's Book of Martyrs, he says uh, he was crucified upside down on an X-shaped cross. And according to church tradition, it was because he told his tormentors that he felt unworthy to die in the same way that Jesus Christ had died. And so uh, that's that's a great uh, man of faith, uh, one of the uh, 12 apostles. But look at Matthew 16. This was one of the highlights of Peter's ministry in Matthew 16. And Jesus is, uh, look at verse 15. Jesus asks the disciples who the men say that he is, and they give him some answers. And then he says in verse 16, or, or verse 15, so 16, 15, he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. He he believed He was the Messiah. These apostles really focused on who Jesus was. Verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, uh, Thou art Peter, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so Jesus built his church on the profession that Peter, whose name means stone or rock, that he believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Son of the living God. He is the Messiah. So that is the rock that uh, Christ will build his church on is Peter's confession of who Jesus is. Uh, The church was not built on Peter himself, but upon his uh, profession there of who Jesus is. 
Now we know uh, that was the highlight uh, of Jesus of Peter's uh, discipleship, and we know later that he uh, actually denied the Lord uh, three times. And uh, so that was my teaching point. I gave you another blank there. My teaching point is although Peter denied Christ, so the word denied goes in your blank, he repented and so can we. Uh, You and I deny the Lord, uh, maybe not in word, but uh, very often in thought and very often in deed. We deny the Lord, but we can repent, we can turn from that, and we can be restored as Peter was. And he became this great man of God that discipled others and uh, wrote two books of our Bible. So there's a little bit about uh, Peter's life. Uh, I want to talk about James as well. Uh, who knows? Gosh, I need to go buy some candy bars this week. Who knows the English form of the Greek word James? The Greek word James. What is the English word for his name? Uh, I may not be saying that right. Uh, I think the Greek word James, uh, the English word for the Greek word is is James. Uh, what what was the Hebrew word for James? I think that's that's the that's the question I have. How would you say the name James in Hebrew? Jim Stovall says Jacob. Oh man, <clears throat> Jim Stovall got it. His name means uh, we would say it Jacob. So James and Jacob are almost interchangeably. So the Jacob in the Old Testament is the James of the New Testament. So uh, James and John were brothers. They were the sons of Zebedee. Uh, When the apostles got sent out by twos, uh, maybe James and John went together. And uh, they were fishermen. They they were maybe possibly uh, fairly wealthy. They had some servants that worked for them. And so that's a, a little bit about uh, James. And uh, him and... Uh, they, they were surname... Uh, I'm not going to say this right. Burg- Burgundies, which is interpreted the sons of thunder. And so I wanted to talk about... Uh, uh, a surname or a nickname the nickname given to James and John the sons of Zebedee by the Lord the name seems to denote uh, fiery and destructive zeal that may be likened to a thunderstorm I thought that was you know why did Jesus call them sons of thunder they, they were very zealous they were fiery they were probably charismatic and uh, they, they had kind of almost a destructive zeal I think one time they were like Lord should we call down uh, fire from heaven and kill these people and I think it was after that that Jesus said okay you guys are the sons of thunder and so uh, when you see people surname like uh, when Jesus saw Simon he surnamed him Peter you're this rock there's something about your character that is firm it's solid and we can build on that and with James and John uh, they were sons of thunder Uh, James is one of the twelve and he's listed uh, I wanted to make mention of these three times that these uh, sons of thunder were mentioned together I don't think I told you that um, maybe I did it. Maybe I've got it under John. Maybe I'll, I'll mention it now with Jane. But uh, these three men were together. Uh, they were called his inner disciples. They were together at the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured and his uh, raiment shone as lightning and bright. They couldn't hardly look upon him. And as he uh, talked with uh, Moses and Elijah, uh, Peter, James, and John witnessed that. They uh, they were also all three there when Jesus uh, raised Jairus's daughter back to life. He, Jesus resurrected the, the dead daughter of Jairus and his wife. They were all three there. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, in fact, if, if you, uh, you're in Matthew, let's look at Matthew 26 and verse uh, 37. Matthew 26. If you go to Matthew 26 with me. 
Let's look at that together. I was actually in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, last fall, and uh, we've seen they actually put up a Catholic church, and there's actually a rock there that you can touch or have your picture taken beside where they think Jesus uh, uh, wept and... uh, there's several olive trees there. It's called the Mount of Olives. And uh, on the Mount of Olives, in the lower portion there, was a Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, here in Matthew 26, I lost my place. What verse, honey? 37, 38. 37, 38. Thank you. <clears throat> Verse 37 says, And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and began to be very uh, to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he to them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. So the twelve were together, and he left uh, nine of them together, and he took Peter, James, and John, and he got them together, and he, he said, man, Terry here and pray. I'm really sorrowful right now. And, and so uh, they were with him on the night that he was betrayed there as part of his inner three. Uh, it's believed that James's mother and John, we know that they were the sons of Zebedee. They, we think that uh, their mother was Salome. Salome? I'm not sure how it's pronounced. And uh, tradition even says that Salome may have been the sister of the Virgin Mary. So some interesting things about James and John. Uh, in, J- in Acts chapter 12, uh, he, uh, James became the first apostle to be martyred. And he is the only apostle that the Bible records him being killed. He was... Uh, Uh, The apostle there in Acts chapter 12, Herod killed him. And one thing I thought was interesting is uh, the thing I was reading about him said that this was approximately 17 years after he had became an apostle. And uh, so he he did some traveling. Uh, Tradition says uh, that he was of the tribe of Levi. his father was of the tribe of Judah. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, James was of the tribe of Levi through his father, uh, but uh, Judah through his mother. Uh, tradition says that he preached in India with Peter and later in Spain, and he became uh, the, patron Spa- uh, the patron saint of Spain. So today, I guess, uh, Spain's patron saint is this very James. Uh, he was a strong uh, leader in the, in the church, and he was beheaded. And tradition says that the Roman officer who guarded James watched in amazement as he defended his faith at his trial. So uh, anyway, those are some traditional things, but uh, the Bible does record that he was slain with a sword and uh, some think he was beheaded. And uh, one thing I wanted to... The teaching point about James that I wanted to give, since he was a martyr... Uh, James obtained the crown of life because he died for his faith. And so that, that uh, if you have your handout and uh, you want to fill in your blank, he received the crown of life and so can we. Uh, James' uh, revelation talks about uh, those that were died for their faith or given the crown of life. But James says... Uh, that if uh, if we die to ourselves, basically, so if we die to ourselves, we too can receive this crown of life. And so, uh, Amen and Amen. So, lastly, let me talk about John. We've got just five minutes, and that's probably not adequate. But I wanted to. Uh, this is James's brother, John, and I want to say how he was a type of the church. John's name means Jehovah is a gracious giver. And uh, those of us that are saved, we've been given grace. And John's name means Jehovah is a gracious giver. 
So uh, we've received grace. We've been given grace to become saved by grace. Uh, by uh, We are saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, John was the beloved disciple. He's the one that Jesus loved, just like Solomon's bride in the Song of Solomon. Uh, Jesus loved the church, it says in Ephesians 5, verse 25. Uh, John is the only one that laid his head on Jesus' bosom uh, at the the Last Supper there uh, after he had washed their feet in John 13. Uh, Jesus, uh, he was uh, reclining at the table and John laid his head on his bosom. And uh, very possibly he heard the heartbeat of Christ. Some some preacher kind of made that famous that John had his head on the bosom of Jesus. And uh, you know if you ever put your ear to your child's chest, you can hear their heartbeat. And uh, quite possibly John heard the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. Uh, John was the only disciple that went all the way to the cross. He was there with Mary, the mother of Jesus. And uh, Jesus commissioned John to take care of his mother after his death. And so Jesus, as a good son, was taking care of his mother. And uh, John wrote five books of our Bible. Who knows what those five books of our Bible might be? We, we know the, the Gospel of John. That's one. He wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. What other book? He wrote five books. John, the Gospel. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And what do you think the other one was? You can uh, text in there and Angie will let me know. But uh, one, uh, uh, one thing I learned... Uh, Jesus told Peter about John. He says, what is it? Uh, Well, let me read it here. Uh, Well, I don't think I put it in my notes, but he basically tells Peter, Peter, what is it to thee if uh, John tarries till I come? You need to follow me, Peter. And so he says that about John, the beloved disciple John, uh, about him uh, tarrying till Jesus comes. And uh, that's very significant because John was the only apostle that did not die at the hand of man. He he died of natural causes. Jesus took him home. He uh, died of natural causes. He's the only one to have died that way. Every all the other twelve were uh, martyred or died at the hand of another man. But uh, three times in the Bible, uh, the Bible mentions uh, uh, this phrase "till I come," and one there is in uh, John twenty-one with with Peter. Uh, but uh, we're told to ocu- uh, disciples are told to occupy till Jesus comes in his parable to the the kingdom of God parable in Luke 19 he tells his disciples to occupy till I come that's good instruction for the church uh, through uh, in uh, I think it's second Timothy no it's first Timothy 4 we're, we're told uh, till I come give attendance to reading to exhortation to doctrine those are things that the church are supposed to be doing till Jesus comes we're to give attendance to reading we need to be reading the word of God exhorting others to follow the Lord and witnessing and uh, we need to give attention to doctrine till Jesus comes and then the last time was in Revelation 2 the church at Thyatira is told uh, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come there's a, a hold fast there's a steadfast there's a faithfulness we need to have till Jesus comes and uh, so was anybody able to guess the other book Cheryl that said Revelation Cheryl Turley? Wow, Cheryl. Kudos to you, sister. Uh, The book of Revelation, uh, the Apostle John, he's sometimes called John the Revelator. He he wrote the book of Revelation. And so uh, John is a type of Christ. I'm sorry, he's a type of the church. And uh, there's several other things we can learn about him. Um, 
Do you, do you know that uh, prostitutes call their targets Johns? Uh, someone who they're trying to get to sleep with them. They call them their John. And uh, so all of us are being tempted. Or we're, we're tempted to be led astray and to commit spiritual uh, whoredom and adultery against our Lord. We're, we're married. We're a spouse to Jesus Christ. And the world tries to allure us like prostitutes call their uh, targets John. So that's kind of interesting. John is the only disciple to have died of natural death at the age of 100, about 100 tradition says. He faced martyrdom uh, when he was boiled in a huge basin of boiling oil during a wave of persecution in Rome. However, he was miraculously delivered from death. John was then sentenced to the mines on the prison island of Patmos. So he was uh, exiled to Patmos and he wrote the prophetic book of Revelation. Uh, Cheryl Turley got that uh, on the book on the uh, island of Patmos. The apostle John was later freed and returned to serve as bishop in Odessa in modern day Turkey. He died as an old man, the only apostle to die peacefully. And uh, some think that he belonged to the church at Ephesus. So uh, if you read the uh, the postscript in uh, the book of 2 Timothy, uh, Timothy was the elder or bishop at Ephesus. And some believe that the apostle John in his old age uh, became a member there. Uh, uh, no doubt a, a leader at Ephesus and uh Perhaps he died there. So my teaching point here is Laodicea was the last of the seven churches that John wrote to in Ephesians 3, 14 through 22 and gives them a promise if they were able to overcome the spirit of their age. Uh, uh, he gave them this promise and uh John overcame the spirit of his age, and it's through faith. Your, your last blank is faith. So faith is how we are able to overcome the world, uh, 1 John 5, 4 says. And so uh, we all need faith in these last days. And really the spirit of our age is lukewarmness. And that's something all of us have to battle against. And uh, do you know that's, that's where uh, where I work at. There's several uh, incubators in the labs where I work. And they use incubators to grow bugs and funguses and microbials that... Uh, that are instrumental in developing drugs. And so even as we think about this invisible uh, enemy we have, this virus, the coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, uh, it's an invisible enemy. Uh, the way we're going to overcome is not through lukewarmness. We need to have uh, faith to overcome this spirit of uh, Laodicea, the, the age of lukewarmness. And so uh, I'm just going to end with uh, prayer here today. I don't know if anybody... Oh, I've got a list here. Uh, we're a couple minutes over, but uh, looks like there's a new guy at Joshua House. So welcome to Joshua House. I hope uh, look forward to meeting you, young man. Uh, all men are young to me almost. Uh, we want to pray for Pat's son, uh, Jackson, to uh, get engaged in discipleship. Uh, uh, Brenda Leonard has a prayer from uh, she uh, was with us at Life Issues several years ago and her and uh, Dale became members of our church uh, she asked for prayer for a new job at uh, Dollar Tree and so they are uh, uh, she wants a second chance with her employer no, they are a second chance employer so she's letting people know oh okay Okay, so Dollar, uh, Dollar, Tree. Dollar Tree is hiring. They are a second uh, chance employer. And so if you're looking for a job, that might be a, a good option for you. And then uh, Dottie uh, will be kind of quarantined after her uh, surgery. Uh, but she would welcome a call from anybody that wanted to call. He meant new house at Joshua House, not a new person. Oh, okay. So there's a there's a new house at Joshua House. So that's cool. They already had two, so I didn't know about the new one. I think I had uh, just uh, a couple other announcements that I missed, but um, 
Church in the Park is going to be the first weekend in June. It's June 7th. Uh, we're hoping that's going to go ahead and take place. Um, one praise is that none of our church members have uh, gotten the virus. That's been one of my prayers. And so if you'll pray with me about that, that none of our membership gets uh, the coronavirus. And uh, Pastor Brian says that we need to be uh, looking toward the fall, the Bible conference. It's uh, in September. Uh, we've got several Bibles to make. One of them is a French Bible. Uh, there's a pastor in Sierra Leone. And uh, we had a visitor from there some time back. And so we're going to make some Bibles for them. Uh, we're hoping that uh, VBS and uh, Fun in the Sun is going to happen. So Brian will probably make mention of that this week. And uh, we've been able to minister to a few people through our comfort, uh, community comfort uh, project that Pat Lee started. And so uh, if you have need of prayer or food items or uh, any, any other resources, we've got a list of Cass County resources. So uh, that's been on uh, Saturdays from 1 to 3 and Sundays from 1 to 3, as well as Wednesday, Wednesday night from 6 to 8. So Bridge's sister. So, yeah, so we're going to pray as well for Rich Hayes' sister, uh, Natalie. She uh, is a nurse at a nursing home, and uh, I think there's been uh, more than one coronavirus patients there. So we want to pray that uh, Natalie will not contract that disease. So let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer, and then I'll let you go. Uh, Heavenly Father, we do thank you for uh, many things. We, we want to uh, petition you for this new Joshua house that they're hoping to build or start. Father, I pray for uh, the Parhams and their vision for Joshua house to help uh, provide sober living and transitional living for men coming out of jails and prisons and going into the drug court. Father, I just pray for uh, wisdom for uh, their leadership there. I pray you'll continue to expand, uh, enlarge their borders as you see fit. And for, uh, Father, we want to lift up uh, Natalie Hayes to you, Father. I pray you just put a hedge of protection about her. I pray your angels will encamp about her and protect her and the other nurses there. at uh, I think it's Meadowview, that, uh, the nursing home, that they can uh, be protected from uh, coronavirus. Uh, Lord, be with uh, Brenda Leonard. I just thank you for her uh, willingness to, to dial in and listen to us from afar. I pray for your blessing on Dale and Brenda. Uh, Father, for uh, Dottie as she's going into surgery, and I uh, pray uh, just be with Mark as he uh, takes care of her at home and uh, will not be able to visit her. Just uh, pray she'll heal uh, quickly. And uh, Lord, for uh, Pat's son, uh, Jackson, as he's in uh, Colorado with Natalie, his mom, and just uh, pray for his uh, college. And I pray for, uh, Lord, that he will seek out discipleship and uh, follow you all the days of his life. And so, Lord, just uh, close this uh, with your blessing. Pray for each person listening that uh, will be edified in our faith and truly be a disciple of Jesus Christ in these last days. Uh, bless Brian now as he preaches. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll uh, hopefully see you uh, next Sunday at 9 o'clock. And uh, I'll be broadcasting uh, next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. So tune in then. I'll probably text you before. So God bless you. Bye-bye. Get safe. I will shut this off. Saving.